0: Hello my wonderful, beautiful friends, guys, welcome back to our slash entitled people, where people truly believe that the world is all about them and nobody matters. And in this episode, guys, this entitled idiot destroys his own car and he puts the blame on OP. Guys, I hope you enjoy the stories today. Don't shake your heads too hard. And as always, you can send or link your stories to this email right here. We're diving in. Okay, so I've been a pizza delivery driver for several years, and a few months ago, it was the first time that I legitimately felt ashamed of doing what I do. Now this story might not seem like a huge deal to some people, and I may be overreacting, but I can't shake this feeling of humiliation from this entitled family. Ever since I was a kid, I've always been pretty shy. Even among my close friends, I'm somewhat quiet, and I'm absolutely terrible of speaking in front of large crowds. I remember in high school, having nightmares for weeks about having to do upcoming presentations, and I would be dreading doing it every day until the day of. Not only that, but I'm a terrible singer, and I know it. I don't even feel comfortable singing in front of friends and family. Which brings me to the actual story. So on this day a few months ago, I had a pizza delivery, with a note written in the special instructions section that said, must sing a Christmas carol for a tip. Now I didn't really take that all seriously, and figured they were just joking. And if they weren't, I thought of a corny line to say while driving there, to hopefully satisfy them if they were serious. So I show up, and it's some kind of small party going on. There's probably like 10 or 15 people gathered in the living room, and that's when the mom, the entitled Karen, comes to the door, and she takes the pizzas. There were six larges, and I give her the receipt to sign. She then looks at me with a smile, and she goes, so did they tell you? I then said, oh, <laughs> the notes. yeah, I saw that, but trust me, you don't want to hear me sing. Hearing me say that, she says, you have to sing. That was a part of the special instructions. She then ushers me inside, and she closes the door behind me. And all the people there are watching me, and they have their phones out recording me. Of course, I instantly get uncomfortable and I want to leave as quickly as possible. Now, having an audience is one thing, but being recorded by multiple people will instantly make me feel anxious. The Karen says, well go on, sing, sing a song for us, it's the Christmas season. I respond, no, really, I'm a terrible singer. I'm sure it'll ruin your Christmas, not make it better. Now, I do want to note that at this point, Christmas was still several weeks away. I had no idea why they wanted a Christmas carol so bad. The Karen then goes on and says, oh, come on, I'll make it worth your while. She said that as she waved a $5 bill in front of me. I continued to insist that I was a terrible singer and I'm not comfortable with it, but she kept pushing. Eventually, I decided to try my corny line, and I hoped it would satisfy them. So I just say, okay, uh, how about Rub-A-Dub-Dub, I brought you some grub. Which was corny as heck, and holy hell so cringy to say, it made me feel even more uncomfortable. Obviously, no one laughed, and the Karen goes on and says, no, no. The instruction specifically states it has to be a Christmas carol, so do your job. At this point, I insisted more on not wanting to sing, and I was starting to get seriously pissed off and uncomfortable that she wasn't taking no for an answer. But the woman kept waving the five bucks in front of my face to encourage me. So I finally say, look lady, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna sing for money, that's not a part of my job. She then looks at me incredulously for a second, and she goes, Wow, so why do you have a space for special instructions then, if you just ignore it? It was only for fun, you know. Well, you're definitely not getting this then. She said that as she pulled the $5 bill away from me, and she said, The instructions said to sing for a tip. No singing, no tip. At that point, I said thank you and quickly laughed, while I heard several comments behind me from everybody else saying, wow, is he serious? What a dick. And I even heard someone say, ugh, gross, whatever that means, I have no idea. So yeah, it's just being pressured to sing, which I guess should have been fun, but I've never felt so used and humiliated while working here. I legitimately feel ashamed to be working a minimum wage job now, And at the time, I felt like I was on the lowest rung of the ladder in society. I was just a tool for their entertainment, and they thought I would jump at the chance to make a fool of myself for some tip money. I'm a pizza delivery driver, not an effing performer. Yeah, guys, I don't think I've ever cringed so hard reading a story before. And I can only imagine how OP felt just having all those phone cameras in his face, basically saying, dance monkey, dance. And, and all for a measly $5. And the fact that they all got mad at him for refusing to perform is absolutely ridiculous. I think I would blacklist that house, guys. No pizza for them anymore. And Obi's right. He's a delivery driver, not a circus monkey. And for nobody in that house to stand up for him and say, well, at least you tried, let's just give him the tip anyway, is absolutely absurd. Alright, so here's some Backstory. I work for a subcontracting company that does IT work for various municipal governments, and my truck is loaded with equipment for computer repair and road work. This becomes important later. As such, I currently have a two-hour commute, and while I do use the interstate during the day, I usually head home closer to midnights and prefer to take the state highways and back roads, due to the lower speed limits. So now, for the cast, we have myself, Brad, the entitled driver, Renee, who's my fiance and co-worker, the nice girlfriend, who's Brad's female companion, and Chad, Brad's absolutely chill father. Now for the story. So as Renee and I were driving home tonight, we had noticed that a large rotted poplar tree had become uprooted and fallen into the road, covering both lanes. Now normally I would have called local officials and then waited for the tree to be removed, or simply wait for them to arrive and then take a different route. Unfortunately, I had no cell phone reception in the area, and turning around would add an extra hour to my already long commute. As such, I figured I'd try to use my demolition hammer, which was the best thing available to me, to try to at least weaken it until someone came by with cell reception that we could flag down and get to call the local authorities. So with that, I turn on the hazards, turn on our beacon, and Renee and I both put on reflective vests and hard hats with built-in lamps. While Rene brought the tools over to the tree, I began grabbing the traffic cones to block off the road. And that's when Brad enters, this entitled prick. So as I finished setting up the cones behind the track, Rene began handing me the cones to put in front of the fallen tree. No sooner I began reaching for them was when we heard the roar of a brand new Sunrise Orange Dodge Charger RT, flying up the back road with a 30 mile speed limit at highway speeds. I ran in front of the fallen tree, shining my flashlight on the already well-illuminated tree, and tried to flag down the charger, but it was no use, he never even hit his brakes. I dove out of the way at the last second, as the charger plows into the tree, turning it into a horizontal fulcrum, and me into a baseball. As the tree struck my shoulder, it launched me about 10 feet. I got up, extreme pain throughout my left side, and unable to raise my arm up. Adrenaline was coursing through me and I hobbled quickly to the remains of the obliterated charger that's now smoking and leaking fluids all over the road. Miraculously, Brad and his girlfriend got out, and they were completely unharmed. Renee, who miraculously found the one spot with coverage, called the emergency services. A nice girlfriend called Chad, his father. And that's when I heard it. Brad comes out and says, Oh man, my car. How could this happen? Why does this always happen to me? What would? And that's when he looked at me, looked at the clearly uprooted tree, and proceeded to have a unique reaction. One that I never thought really ever happened. The guy screeches at me. Me, thinking maybe he's injured too, says, Dude, are you okay? And that's when Brad says, No, idiot. Because of you, my car is completely totaled. What kind of moron cuts down a tree in the middle of the road? I say to him, actually, that tree was already here. We got here maybe two or three. He then interrupts me and says, BS, you blinded me with that flashing stupid strobe light, pointing at the yellow hazard beacon on my truck, which I have used for years. That's when his nice girlfriend says, actually, I think that... Brad interrupts her and says, shut up, shut up, all of you. I'm gonna sue you. For failing to illuminate the tree properly. And by the time I'm done with you, you... I then interrupt him trying to be nice and say, Well, actually, that's... He then stops me and says, If you open your mouth one more time, I swear I'm gonna... That's when Renee interrupts and says, Enough. It's not his fault that you clearly acquired your driver's license in a Happy Meal. That tree is very well illuminated. You clearly weren't paying attention, and you hurt him. Look at him. He's limping, idiot. You're the one who ought to be apologizing for that stunt you pulled and the mess you made. After Renee spoke, there was silence, deathly, unnerving silence, as Brad stood slack-jawed, making strange noises. Suddenly, Brad goes on an absolute rampage, kicking and throwing my cones, tools, and various other items from around my truck into the forest, and off the road's 15-foot embankment. Now, I wish I could tell you more, but it was about that time the guy's dad arrived, along with first responders. We give statements, and I spent the rest of the time being checked out by EMS. So yeah, hopefully the idiot was also given a ticket for reckless driving and speeding guys. And seriously, for him to blame OP for destroying his car when it was clearly his fault 100%, yep, entitled people never want to take responsibilities, do they? It's always someone else. Alright, so I'll start off by saying that my ex is vindictive as hell, not to mention entitled. We've been fully divorced since about right before the pandemic started, we sold the house we shared, and I didn't have to pay her alimony because she cheated, and we're in an at-fault state. It was messy since D-Day, all the stereotypes. First, the sobbing, and then the trickle truth saying, I love you, it was just one time, and then it became, okay, it was two years. And then came the gaslighting, followed by, I'm going to take you for everything, before packing her things and walking out. Now I feel like I never really knew the woman my ex was in all the time we were together. We were married 5 years and together for 7. And in the 2 of those 5 married years, she had affairs with 3 other men. The final one being a foreign businessman of some sort from what I could find out. She got pregnant by the last guy. And no, I didn't sign the birth certificate because I found out about the affairs before the baby was born. My ex tried to go full scorched earth on me, but since we live in and were married in an at-fault state, she lost. We didn't pay equally into the house and the equity was divided 70-30. So I got a pretty good cash payout when I sold a marital home. I then put a down payment on a different house closer to my job. Now it is a bit of a downgrade, but it suits a single guy in his 30s like me just fine. My ex did show up to my house once, but I refused to let her in. She then bitched at me that I'd financially ruined her in the divorce. I said that she was fully willing to do that to me first. And she had the audacity to say that it should have been my life after over, not hers. At that I laughed so hard, and I said it was karma. She then yelled that she would sue me for what's rightfully hers. I said if she was gonna sue me, then go ahead and sue me. It would end up in the same way in court because she has nothing but a false sob story. She was the cheater, not me. She then said that she would tell everyone she could that I abused her. I then said I'd sue her for defamation, if she did. And I was recording the interaction, and I had those words saved on my phone. She then went wide-eyed, and her jaw dropped. The look people are calling the surprised Pikachu faced. I then asked why she was there, because she had a new man in her life that knocked her up. She then just huffed at me, saying that he's not around much, and she's stuck in that tiny apartment, living off his child support until he comes back. Now, it was very immature of me, I know, but I did the bit of playing the world's smallest violin. And I yelled back that I would sooner do that than her anytime. She then raged at me, got into her car to leave, and I haven't seen her since. Which brings me to this part. So there's an HOA in my neighborhood. But I wasn't legally obligated to join it because the last owner of my house was not a member. I made sure of that through a real estate lawyer as well. The HOA had no grounds to force me to join and they were not happy about it. The HOA president would show up with forms every week for the first month, demanding I sign them and then she threatened to take me to court, to which I had to get a cease and desist sent to her from my lawyer to make her stop that. She then started harassing me by looking for any infractions that she possibly could to report to the city. An inspector came out several times and found nothing wrong. In fact, I offered one of them a burger while grilling and they graciously accepted. Did I mention that the HOA hates barbecues and parties that aren't approved in advance? Well, they do, and I like to grill when the weather is good, and my neighbors actually love me for it because I invite them over. I had the police called on me several times for noise complaints because I was playing music on a Saturday afternoon while having my friends over. The HOA president, I caught her trespassing once when she was trying to peer into my windows. I called the police, but she denied ever doing it, so I got cameras. She hasn't trespassed since, but I've gotten repeated passive-aggressive letters saying that my cameras weren't approved on my house. So with that, some months ago, I started getting letters for fines in the mail. And when I contacted the HOA, their representative claimed that they had it on record that I had joined, and needed to pay all the fees effective immediately. I told them that wasn't possible. They then emailed me a scanned copy of the forums, and they had a signature on them, but it wasn't mine. It was very similar in some ways, and I recognized right away that it was my ex's handwriting. She knew what my signature looked like, but it was a loose imitation at best. I got in touch with a lawyer right away over the signature, but the HOA still demanded that I go to court, and it took 7 months before that happened. Meanwhile, they were stacking unpaid fines against me weekly, and they were threatening to put a lien on my house. We then went to court, and the HOA president looked very smug. But my lawyer pointed out how the signature wasn't the same as mine, and it was very inconsistent in various forms, and that I've never allowed the HOA president in my house, and I never requested the forms. The idiot HOA president actually slammed her palm on the table and said it was still binding. But when pressed where the fraudulent signature came from, she admitted that my ex-wife called the HOA and they sent her the forms. And then she got them back and the mail signed. But then she actually claimed that she thought I'd signed them. The judge looked at her and asked if she was serious. She then confirmed that she was. The judge then asked how a woman that I was no longer married to, that never even lived with me in my current residence, was supposed to have any bearing on whether or not I joined her HOA. She then went quiet, and I could see the oh crap look on her face as the hamster wheels were turning, and then she seemed to have finally mentally put the pieces together. My lawyer then counterclaimed that what the HOA did was blatant fraud, and legal actions must be taken, and they were. I countersued the HOA for emotional distress of the harassment I'd gotten since moving in, which I had lots of proof of. That won me about 10 grand after lawyer's fees, and I decided to put that towards my mortgage. The HOA president was also removed from her throne, and I'd like to think she was kicking and screaming. She was also slapped with a hefty fine. I've seen her outside a few times, and she always looks at me like I'm the devil. The HOA itself had to pay for all my legal fees too. I wanted to go after my ex for forging my signature, but I can't. Because not long after she forged my signature, she apparently left the country to be with that guy. She's apparently somewhere in Europe, so I can't do anything against her unless she ever returns to the US, so that's a wash. I'm not getting letters from the HOA anymore though, and the new president has promised to keep things completely cordial from now on. I still don't feel like I got much of a win in this though. Other than the $10,000 payout, it felt like a huge waste of time. I don't think it was a waste of time, Opie got $10,000 out of that, and if his ex ever comes back to the US, she's gonna be in some pretty big trouble. Like, it's funny how she tried to ruin Opie's life financially before leaving the country, but it only made him $10,000 richer. Talk about a plan backfiring. Okay, so I won't go into too much detail about my next door neighbors, but for the most part, they aren't too bad. It's just this one guy, and at first, I kind of tolerated him, until he decided to be too nosy with my mom. Long story short, the guy hit on my mom pretty frequently, until she gave him a verbal beatdown in front of his cousin and his second cousin. Anyways, this happened a few days ago. I was out mowing my lawn, having my headphones on, and listening to my music, when the guy pulls up in his old, rundown, loud loud-as-hell pickup truck that's so rusted that you could probably see the street from the floor. So the guy gets out, and I was just about done with the lawn, when he looks at me and walks over to me. I stop the mower, and pull off my headphones, and I'm pretty confused. We usually stay pretty silent to one another, mainly because I don't like him, and I don't want to start anything. But the guy walks up to me with the fakest smile and says, Oh, hey, nice job on the grass, son. He then gives me an enthusiastic thumbs up. I say to him, thanks. He then says, I'm really serious. This is pretty good work for someone your age. Your mom must be glad you get to work on her lawn for free, huh? He then lets out a fake laugh and I say, uh, I guess. He then says to me, so with that in mind, kiddo, Do you think you could do me a favor on the days that you mow? I say to him, what do you mean? At the same time thinking, yep, here it comes. He then says, well, I was wondering if you'd be nice enough to also mow our lawn on the days that you do your lawn, since both mine and yours are connected on this lot. At that I say, uh, sure, I guess. How much do you want to pay me? Hearing me ask that, he drops his fake smile that was very fake to begin with. The guy says, well, if you do this, you would be doing me a huge favor, not having to worry about grass all week. I tell him, I realize that, but I'm not doing it for free. He then says, well, why not? I tell him, because one, that's double the work for absolutely nothing, Two, you have three perfectly capable people living with you who can mow the grass, probably as good as I can. And three, you're paying that guy with the riding mower to do it for you. And yeah, the guy is so lazy, he actually does pay someone to mow his lawn, who's a pretty nice guy with a riding mower. The guy then says, but he charges so much, like almost half my paycheck a week. I tell him, well, then that's your problem, that's not my problem. He then says, can't you be a good Samaritan? You obviously have no problem doing the lawn for your mommy. You can just keep mowing to the other side. It's not that big of a deal. He then gets pissed off and he walks away. I go to put my headphones in when he turns around and yells at me from his truck. Your lines aren't even straight, you dumbass. After that, he storms in his house and slams the door. I just said nothing. I shrugged, finished my grass, and went inside. Soon enough, my mom gets home and says, good job, on the lawn. And I tell her what the neighbor told me, and she laughed and said, well, if he wasn't so busy flashing pictures of his junk to people, he'd have plenty of time to do any kind of work around his house. Typical entitled neighbors guys, mow my lawn for free. It's connected to your yard anyways. Guys, that is what you call an a-hole. People who are all fake smiles when they want something and turn on you when you don't do it for them. Sounds like my freaking boss. So my husband likes to invite his friends over for barbecue parties. And I do want to note that it's his friends. I'm not close with them. He prides himself on his barbecue skills. But the thing is, I always end up doing everything. He buys and preps the meats, he grills the meats, serves it, and collects praise for his barbecue skills. It's my job to buy the drinks, get out the dishes, clean up the patio, deck, backyard, or whatever it is to make the place look presentable. I also prepare the sides and veggies and refill the drinks and take away the dishes, as my husband doesn't like using paper plates or plastic cups, since it's wasteful. It's just non-stop work for me. So my husband told me last week, the day before the barbecue, that he invited his friends for Saturday. He just announced it, the guy didn't ask me. I said, well, okay, do I know anyone? And he says, nope, these are his co-workers, and they won't be bringing their spouses. My husband called it a guy's night. And with that, I said, okay then, guy's night. Well, enjoy yourselves. I'll be in my craft room, working on some projects, and drinking wine. My husband said that he'll handle it, and spoiler alert, he did not handle it. My husband got the meads but he ignored any other preparation, and I was just sick and tired of being taken for granted that I didn't do anything. The patio was a mess. The upholstery for the garden furniture was all messy from our dogs, and the table wasn't wiped down, and there was stuff lying all around. When his friends arrived, I welcomed myself and then excused myself to my crafts room. I then put on some music and worked. Cue the messages non-stop. My husband starts asking for stuff like, where are the plates? Where are the cups? Why isn't the beer chilled? Where's the non-alcoholic beer? Why did you not buy it? where are the sides? I then replied that he said he would handle it by himself. I then checked on the guys a few hours later, and it was a disaster. The table was cluttered, they ordered some takeout asides, there weren't enough dishes and silverware, and someone had to go drive out for drinks. On Sunday, today, my husband was all grumpy, And he actually told me that he's disappointed, that I did not pull my weight last night, and that I made our family look sloppy and bad. At that I told him that I'm not his little slave, and that he's a big guy, and if he's embarrassed himself in front of his friends, that's all on him. He can't just sit there acting like I have to do everything when it's his party. He then got upset at me, and went off for a run to let out some steam. Oh, and the patio is full of dishes, he didn't even clean the grill, I'm not touching anything. So am I the a-hole for not pulling my weight? Heck no, a thousand percent no, you're not the a-hole OP. Like, your husband invited his work friends to his barbecue, so clearly it's his responsibility. And the audacity of that guy to try to pin the blame on OP for his failed barbecue. If he wants to blame the one person that didn't pull their weights, the guy should take a good look in the mirror. I also want to say that I hope he learns from this, and maybe the next barbecue will be better, but I'm not sure. Opie might be hooped when it comes to this. With that said though, the guy might be messy, but how the heck do you not know where things in your own house are, sir? Like, does your wife baby you that much? And I'm also upset at him for not chilling his own beer, like... If he can't do a simple task, such as throw the beer into the fridge when he gets home, oh boy, there's gonna be some trouble. It sounds to me like OP's married to a child, guys. But that's Entitled People for you. And that, my friends, brings us to the end of another Entitled People episode. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing so you don't miss these crazy, crazy stories. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, it's an r slash petty revenge. Where OP's Karen wife leaves him in divorce and she tries to destroy his life. And OP has the last laugh. It's such a funny story, so go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing?